Um, Michael, I meant to ask you earlier, um, have a Jesus paid it all queued up, if you would, for the, that'll be at the end. Well, if you will, turn with me to the book of Revelation, uh, chapter uh, 22 now. We're nearing the end of this great book, and uh, I think it's good to, every once in a while to go through a book um, uh, of revelation or, or prophecy in general. And uh, it, it helps encourage us um, now because we know that we have something great to look forward to. And of all the, the sights and, and sounds that we've seen in these last couple of chapters, um, I, I think this one is probably the one that would give us the greatest blessing and hope. Because it talks about the eternal life that, that we have received and it has been fulfilled in this final kingdom this final great kingdom. So let's read those verses together, just the first five from Revelation chapter 22. And, th and this ends uh, the visions received by uh, John. It says this, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding each fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no lamp, light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word, Father. Lord, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray and ask all these things. Amen. We live in a day and age <clears throat> in which eternal life is no longer anticipated. And the reason I know this is because we have a culture that's so focused on the here and now. It's so focused on um, materialism. The things that we can see and touch and smell and taste um, th those are the things that, that people focus on. And ultimately, it's, um, it's existential, is, is one philosophical term we throw at it, meaning that all we care about is this current existence, this current life, is all that, that really matters. And, 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 and all the reality is right here dur during this time on earth. And ultimately, that, that idea is nihilistic. It's another term, a philosophical term applied, which means that uh, nihil means zero in the Greek. N-I-H-I-L. It means zero, nothing, nada. And what it means is that when I die, that's the end of me. There's nothing else beyond this life. And so the philosophy of the day is to live your best life now. Now, sometimes, you know, you might hear um, a lot of people talk about dying and going to heaven and living, li and living forever. And 
um, that, that their belief is that um, everyone is, is, is a Christian, whether they go to church or not, that, that, that God's going to welcome everybody into heaven. You, you have a lot of that, but, but, but the, the opinions are beginning to shift in our society now where people no longer believe in a life beyond death. And, and some of it is even atheistic. They don't believe in God at all. Or sometimes they'll even say they believe in God, but they don't live in a way that God really does exist at the end of time. But the book of Revelation teaches us something great, and it's in the whole Bible as well, especially in, in, within the Gospels and the teachings of Jesus Christ, that there is an eternal life for us beyond the, this life. There is an eternal life that, waits, uh, uh, that awaits all those who believe in Jesus Christ and, and, and who are faithfully serving God. There is an existence that awaits for us even beyond our physical death. There is a resurrection awaiting for us, a bodily resurrection, the Bible tells us. We're not just talking about our, our, our body dying and our soul going to heaven. But there is an actual re re resurrection. We've talked about it. Um, God has er the whole, everyone great and small, uh, living or dead, appear before him in the great white throne judgment. There is a resurrection awaiting us, awaiting all people. There is an eternal life. And there is a life in which suffering and death no longer exist. There no longer exists any separation between our loved ones who have, who have believed and gone on before us. There is no longer any separation between us and God and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Time is no longer a factor. There is a place beyond this world. And we get to enjoy that one with the ones we love forever. So in this description in, in Revelation 22, which is being given to John by this angel, um, through the commands of God and of Jesus Christ, he's receiving this revelation of, of what's to come. And there is um, a river, it says, flowing from the throne of God, which is giving life to everything around it. And it flows through the center of the street of that new Jerusalem. The source of it is, is underneath God's throne. It flows through the city. And on either side of the bank are, are, is the one that they call it the, the tree of life. The, the, this tree, um, somehow, I don't know from the description, um, it, it sounds kind of um, different and, and weird, but, but, but it's saying that, that this tree exists on both sides of the bank. It's on both sides, and it produces 12 different kinds of fruit. And, and uh, its leaves and, and, of course, the fruit um, are for eternal life, the healing of the nations and, and for eternal life. And, and, and in this great and glorious future, this is where the eternal life comes from. This is the source of eternal life, this river that flows from the throne of God. And since it flows from the throne of God, it implies that God himself is the source of all life. Now we've known that from the beginning, God is the source of life. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke the, the, the planet and, 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 and the seas into existence. He, he divided the land and the sea. We know this. He um, created all vegetation, created all kinds of different animals. 
whether they're birds in the air or the, the um, fish in the sea and, and, and all land animals, he created them. And the penultimate um, creation, of course, was man and woman. God gives life and he is the source of life and he wants to give us life. Death was never supposed to be in the picture. Because when the Garden of Eden was created, Adam and Eve had access to the tree of life, unfettered access to the tree of life. But they also disobeyed God and took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was a symbol of them determining what was right and what was wrong, instead of God determining that for them. And so people, in their own selfishness, disobeyed God, they, they, they fell away, they, they tried to determine for themselves, you know, the way that they should go, and, it, and that way was away from God, <laughs> and separation from God. And so, God was saying that, and, and, you know, he, te he tells, when he's talking about the curse, he says, now lest they keep taken from the tree of life and live forever, I'm going to bar them from the Garden of Eden. And so they were cast out, and lost access to that tree of life. But all the rest of the Bible is about how God is restoring mankind to this once great place that they had in, in the paradise of God where they had access to Him with unfettered access to God and access again to eternal life, the tree of life. All of this is about God's restoration of mankind to what was available to him before. And that was an, an, an eternal existence with God as, as their king, the one who created them and loved them and cared for them. God was there. And he was their source of life. And he was also their source of light. And so, it, even in the Old Testament, we have this, you know, predictions of a return to this great um, and glorious eternal life. Ezekiel chapter 47 is one of the greatest examples of this where Ezekiel goes through and describes the river flowing from the throne of God and as Ezekiel is being shown the river flowing from the throne of God um, the, he has a measuring rod and as he progresses it gets deeper and deeper and deeper to where only his, his, his head is, is above the waters. And I think that's some great symbolism of how deep and wonderful God's source of life is. Coming from His throne. It gets deeper and deeper as it goes along. And this image is, is, is repeated here at the end um, of, of all the prophecy that Jesus wanted to reveal, he shows them again the, the prophecy given by Ezekiel. The glorious kingdom of God renewed and with uh, God's people living in that city with him, with the river of life. And, he, and, and Ezekiel even describes the, the tree, um, the trees on both sides of that river and producing the, 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 the fruit of life. This is almost exactly uh, the same description, um, even, even from the Old Testament times, that this, that this prophecy would be fulfilled at the end. 
something that God has promised all the way through His Word is, is the restoration of mankind to eternal life in God. The problem is, is that only God is the source of this life. And if we want to have that life, we must come to Him. And so, <clears throat> one of the questions you know, I, I would ask you is that, do you look forward to eternal life? Do you look forward to living forever? Is that something that, that you have thought about as a, as a person and, and as a believer in Jesus Christ? Is that something that, that, that you think about? Is it something that, that you often think about your loved ones who have gone on before of seeing them again? Especially those you, you know who are believers in Jesus Christ. Have you thought about that? That, that great and glorious future that, that's in God? Because it is a fact and it is a reality. It, it is the central aspect of our faith. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the reason that we even have a Christian religion, a Christian faith, a church that we go to. So many churches have, have turned the faith into um, some sort of social justice organization where, where they try to stand up for the rights of marginalized groups. And, and, and they think that, that they're being so um, kind and compassionate and wonderful because of that. But, but, but they ignore the one thing that, that can save all peoples of the earth, regardless of their race and creed and gender and whatever. The one thing that can save them is Jesus Christ. And the fact that He was crucified... for our sins so that we can be reconciled to God again. That's the most important thing. That, 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 that's the reason why, why we worship. is because God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, placing Him under the same curse that we were under, yet He was without sin. And while He was here, he undid the curse of sin and death, not only through His crucifixion, but His whole life. His whole life was about undoing the curse of sin and death in people. His teachings were, were to show them that God loved them, that God had something wonderful waiting for them, but they had to repent and follow God's ways in order to have that. And they also needed to trust in His sacrifice, which was the innocent God under the curse of sin and death, dying under the curse of sin and death, and His resurrection broke that curse of sin and death, so that the curse would have no longer any hold on anyone who believed and receives Jesus Christ. And in this passage, in, it, in, it, in, its, in Revelation, and its description of the, 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 the tree of life and the river of life flowing out of God, and God being the source of their life, and God being the source of light as well, all of that was to show uh, them that um, there was a glorious future waiting for them. Eternal life. Salvation in God. Being with God again without any kind of separation whatsoever. And again, this eternal life that, that awaits us is for all who repent and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ.
John the Apostle also, who, who wrote Revelation, also wrote the Gospel of John. The good news of Jesus Christ, John gave us that. And he says, the Gospel of John talks much about the receiving of life eternal when we believe on Jesus Christ. Christ's salvation was so that we would not perish, but have everlasting life. We know in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You say, Pastor, we still die a physical death. Of course we do. But this is talking about the restoration of our souls to God. Not only is there a physical death awaiting all human beings because we, we're mortal, there's a soul within us, a spirit within us, that has become dead to God because of its sins. But repentance and faith in Jesus Christ revives that inward spirit within us, restores our relationship with God who is the source of life. If we're separated from um, God's presence because of our sin and, and, and our rejection of Him, then how can we have any source of life for our souls within? All we have is, is our brief physical existence, and then we're snuffed out. Now our soul will continue to live, but it will be eternally separated from God because we, we rejected God in this life. But the good news of Jesus Christ, when He came to this earth, and the good news that John and the other gospel writers report is that there is eternal life within Jesus Christ when we repent and receive what He has for us. That, that, that our inner souls are revived. It's as if that eternal life that awaits for us at the end of time enters into us right now. As soon as we accept the Savior, it enters into time and space. It comes into our hearts and lives. And that eternal life, since God is its source, means that that eternal life also carries with it the very nature of God Himself. In another passage, John describes this in John chapter 4. That there is a Samaritan woman who comes to a well and Jesus asks her for a drink. And, um, you know, and so um, she said, uh, you know, the well is here. And she um, said that if you had asked me, woman, I would have told you that there was a well that um, is springing up within a person that leads to eternal life. She says, how can I have this, this water that, that I'll never be thirsty again, that I'll have my own well within me? And Jesus, you know, begins telling her about her sins and that how she can receive forgiveness of them, and that He was the Messiah that God called forth. But He tells her that, that when you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, it becomes a well within you springing up to eternal life. We have that eternal life in us now when we ask for Jesus to forgive us and come into our sins. It's no coincidence that, that in John chapter 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. <laughs> you must be born again. You must get rid of your former life 
of, of sinfulness and of strife and of separation with God, of self-focus and self-centeredness, and, and repent of those things and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you will be born again. A new life begins. And that life is an eternal life that we have access to even now in this physical life. Whenever Jesus came on the scene, and, and this is true in all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he always talked about the kingdom of God being near, being now, and yet not yet. In other words, there, there was a present aspect and a future aspect to God's kingdom. It hasn't arrived in its fullness yet, but it, uh, there, there is a deposit in the hearts of men when they come to believe in Jesus Christ. John calls that kingdom of God eternal life. It's just a switching of terms on the other side of the same coin. The kingdom of God and eternal life are essentially the same thing, but from two different perspectives. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we enter into His kingdom now. And, and our souls are revived to an eternal life in God. Which carries the very, since God is its source, it carries the very nature and character of God. And so within us, it transforms us and helps us to take on the character of God. Staying away from sin, living a holy life, living a righteous life. God and His eternal life within us helps us to do that. So there's the, the, there is the now and the not yet. There is a future fulfillment in which our, our very bodies and our souls will be resurrected, glorified, and, and, and will live in that, that eternal kingdom forever and ever, receiving from God the eternal life that comes from the river of life and, and, and the tree of life, who, whose leaves are for the healing of the nations, he says. We get to experience a little bit of that now through the eternal life we receive in salvation. And even, even more than that, um, John teaches us in his gospel, and, he, and, and the letters of Paul teach us this. Uh, Jesus said that I'm sending you another comforter. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And, and my spirit will be poured out on all flesh. In other words, all believers... And not just the ones that God especially chooses, but all believers, you receive the very presence of God in your life now. And Paul says that, that is a deposit guaranteeing your future salvation. The Holy Spirit is what is the gift of God's presence within us. The Holy Spirit is a person. The, Holy person, the third person of the Trinity, not third in rank, but the third to come. God takes up residence in us when we accept His Son, Jesus Christ, as Savior. Through the Holy Spirit. And so all of this, my point is, is that all of this that, that we're talking about, that, that we're going to receive in a very real way in the future, we have some of that right now in our own lives and in our personal experiences when we accept Christ as Jesus as Savior. He gives us the joy of eternal life welling up within us. He gives us Himself, the source of light and life. He gives us a modicum of the, those things even now so that we can experience that and be encouraged by it and hold on to it in, in, in hope and in faith 
for the better thing that's going to come at the end of time and the end of history. And if he didn't give those things to us now as believers, we probably would not care very much about eternal life in God later on. And my question is, are you experiencing that eternal life even now in your life? Are you experiencing this idea that I have joy of God's presence and I have um, the Holy Spirit dwelling within me? I have communion with God. I have His presence with me. Are we, are we availing ourselves of that presence? Are we speaking to God as we should? Are we talking with God as we should? Are we studying His Word as we should? And not just studying for head knowledge. Knowledge in the Bible is always about relationships. Knowing the person. Not just reading a book. Are you experiencing a modicum of that eternal life now? Are you experiencing the, the joy of the knowledge of salvation? God wants to commune, commune with us even now to help us on our journey towards that great and glorious future that He has waiting for all those who believe. And the key is, is that only those who repent and believe the gospel will be found in that great and glorious kingdom. Those who find themselves written down in the, in the Lamb's book of life. Because it also says here in this book of Revelation, in this passage that we're reading, that nothing accursed will be able to enter there. There will be no more evil, no more wickedness, no more sin, no more oppression, no more violence in that great and glorious future. I think one of the problems we have in understanding eternal life and, and, and holding out hope for it is because we live in such a sin-darkened world right now. And it's hard for us to see beyond the, the, the um, cursed living. And my friends, it's getting worse and worse. All you got to do is watch the news and see that. The increase of crime and violence in our streets is, is atrocious. And, uh, no, no, and, and then the justice system is, is letting more and more people go and get by with these things. And the more they let people get by with these things, the more that evil is going to increase. It's hard for us to see past our own existence. And I think that's why so many people have given up on faith, have given up on any hope of a future, of giving up any hope of eternal life. But it doesn't have to be so. <laughs> if we believe in God and we believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, and we believe that we have His Spirit with us even now, that His Spirit gives us strength and courage to go through what we're going through. And then, not only that, Christ has given us a community where we can come together and encourage each other in this. And so, the writer of Hebrews tells everyone not to... Not to forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Especially as you see the day of the Lord coming. Because as a community, we encourage each other. As a community of believers, we hold each other up. Through the suffering and through the hard times. So I would say to you, and I want to encourage you today. To hold on to eternal life. Hold on. Let's stand. Michael, would you?